Thanks for joining us today on the Imitating Jesus podcast hosted by Icon Ministries. Millions, maybe tens of millions of letters every day are delivered to Icon Ministries from the United States Postal Service. And all these letters are just asking us, what is Icon? What is Icon Ministries? Well, I'm glad you asked, General Public, because the vision of Icon Ministries and this podcast is to see disciples everywhere loving like Jesus. And we accomplish this by God's grace, by initiating love, self-sacrifice, friendship, belonging, hospitality, and empowerment that leads to a multiplication of disciples of Jesus throughout the world. I am your host, Ryan Seibert, and I will be joined here soon um, by Lewis Fitch Clark III. Um, but before we get to that, <clears throat> I'm excited because uh, I just found out that t- today is National Zucchini Bread Day. And a big fan of, of zucchini bread. Uh, I'm sure the grocery store has just had a crazy run uh, today. The shelves are just empty. All zucchinis flying off the shelves. Um, so that's probably pretty exciting for the grocery stores. Also, I've never made zucchini bread. Um, I've made banana bread, or uh, at least I've seen it made. Um, And you have to have like rotten bananas, right? So I'm wondering, do you have to have rotten zucchini? Um, I don't know how that works. If anyone has any input on that, we would love to hear from you. Um, There's a gaping hole of knowledge in my life that would, I would love to have filled. Um, it's also, it's also, uh, hey, Louis Clark. Hi. Did you know, Louis, that it is National uh, Hug a Plumber Day? I just you knew were... it was National, I knew it was National Zucchini <laughs> Day is what I know. Oh, everybody knows that. I know you circle that on your calendar as soon as you buy your new puppy dog calendar, uh, at the end of December. Um, have you questioned and have you hugged a plumber today? No, I have not hugged any plumbers today. Well, you always talk about loving God, loving people, but you won't love plumbers. I don't That's understand. Right. Hypocrite, you brood of vipers. Go hug a plumber. Plumber? How about a plumber? Okay, Louis Clark, we're happy to have you. Thanks for stopping on by. Um, welcome. Today on the Imitating Jesus podcast, we are going to be talking about the ideal environment or the relational dynamic that is most optimal for making disciples. And I'm just going to do a spoiler uh, right away. It's in community. It's making disciples in a loving community. So uh, we are doing a slow walk through your book, Louis, Imitating Jesus, Love, Friendship, Hospitality, and Disciple Making. Um, And so we are on chapter four right now. Chapter four is entitled, That's Where I Belong. I should have quizzed you to see if you knew what chapter four was, was titled. Um, that's Where I Belong. That's what this chapter is called. Um, a few months ago, we did a, a three-part podcast series on belonging, where we dug into belonging and the Trinity, uh, belonging in relationship, and belonging in shame. Um, so we want to continue to dig into this theme a little bit here, Louis. Um, I want to start out by talking about the movies. Uh, huh. You and I have been friends for how long? Long time. 20-some years. 20-some years. How many movies have we gone to together in the movie theater? Oh, I have no idea. I'll tell you exactly how many. One. One movie. Do you remember what movie we went and saw together? No. 
It was a blockbuster thriller, popcorn, summer classic, uh, The King's Speech. Um, I know you're not a huge movie goer, but if there is a movie about a British uh, speech, you're all about it. Um, but another one of your movies that is one of your favorite and probably one of the only movies you've ever seen is The Sound of Music. Is that correct? Yes. Um, and you, in your book, you draw some parallels or make some points that you saw in The Sound of Music that are related to the environment for making disciples. Would you care to elaborate on that? In song, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, you, you cannot run a family like an organization like um, Captain Von Trapp was trying to run his family as he did his submarine in the Navy. And it did not work at the death of his wife. And then he's given the responsibilities and he defaulted to what he knew. And you, you can't um, run an organization like a family and you can't run a family like an organization. And, and I think often within disciple making, we've made it, we've institutionalized it and taken it out of the relational, familial um, understanding of belonging. And we made it a, to an institutional understanding of belonging. And let me differentiate there. You know, I was born a clerk. You know, I didn't go through any membership classes to become a clerk. You know, I didn't go through any, jump through any hoops to become a clerk. I was born uh, out of a love relationship with Lou and Marge Clark came me and I was then engrafted in this new creation, the Clark family. And then my parents added six siblings along and um, we knew we belonged. And see, all that reflects the essence of God because God in eternity past was a belonging community. It was a belonging family. Let me be, it was God, the father, God, the son. And so when we are creating his image, we are, if we're going to thrive, we need to belong now. And, um, and so the, you know, when Jesus comes on earth to make disciples, what does he do? He forms a group of disciples. And what is the mark that you are his disciple is your love for the other guys, the other disciples, Peter's love for Matthew, Matthew's love for Thaddeus and Thaddeus's love for John. Men will know you're, are my disciples by your love for one another, just as I have loved you, so the Father has loved me. And what is that love? It's a familial love, and it's it's a love of belonging. And, mm -hmm. you know, love, if you've heard us before, love is defined as not only what is best for the beloved, for the, the object of your love, but then you also are in union with the beloved. You want to be in union with them, that you belong. And in contrast, we live in a culture, uh, the American culture, the rugged individualism, we're raised to be just the opposite of not to be too attached, you know, not to be my own rugged individualist and um, not necessarily belonging. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> you cited the model of Jesus. You cited what our American culture, how that can run counter to that interdependency, that family nature of community. <clears throat> I also see you know, the Apostle Paul picking up on those themes who, you know, who makes the declaration, hey, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Imitate me as I'm imitating Jesus. And, and then what do we see in his epistles? Like, what do we see in his letters to these churches? 
it's just dripping with familial language, right? I mean, I read First Thessalonians, and it just—it's just amazing how many references there are to you know brothers and sisters. How Paul says we were gentle among you, like a like a nursing mother uh, with a child, and he exhorts the men to be like we were—we were like fathers to you in the way that we treated you and things that we did to you, did for you, did with you. Um, and I, I think we can kind of transpose our tradition, our, our last 1500 years onto the text and understand that to be um, church as we know it, which, is, which has given the rise of, of program, which as you, you said, and program is almost intrinsically unrelational, non-relational. Um, so are there other places in scripture that you feel like this theme, I, uh, this theme, the, the metaphor for the, the people of God as family, how we're to interact with one another? Well, first, first Thessalonians, for sure. Um, and, you know, and again, it's just Paul illustrates for them. It's, it's an experience you have where he says in first Thessalonians, I lived among you for your sake, yeah. you know, and then he, he uses the verb like imitate me as I imitate the Lord. I uh, I was a mother among you, like a nursing mother. I was like a father among you. All familial terms. So his interaction with his disciples was he was using familial language, and um, and so I think that again, this all reflects the essence of God, but then also the essence of the gospel. What is the good news? that we are then engrafted back into the family of God. We're adopted into the family of God because what sin does is cause us to be self as individualistic people. We separate ourselves from God. We forget God. Um, and what the gospel does, what the good news does is a reinstatement uh, to God and love, you know, that we have a love relationship with him and then, it's reflected then in our relationship, our love with the people around us. And that forms then the family of God. That's what the church, family is not a metaphor for the church. It, it is, that's what it is. We are the family of God. Yeah. You are my brother, you are my sister. And I should relate to you then in that way. Yeah, in, in, your, in the book you reference Philippians 2.22, where we're getting a glimpse into Paul's approach to disciple making when he writes about the father-son connection that he has with Timothy. Um, and then you write, disciples are best made in the context of a spiritual family. As long as we ignore this fact and choose instead to anchor our disciple-making in programs, we will frustrate the discipler and the disciple. There is a marked difference between how an organization develops its people and how a parent loves his child. Well, let me illustrate it this way. You know, I've been in several churches in my lifetime and either on staff or attending and for membership uh, to that church, you would go to a class, you know, and uh, or become a member and you would learn, here's the things that uh, you need to know doctrinally, what we believe as a church. Do you agree with this? Here's what our vision is for the church and mission of the church. And here's some possibilities on how you can engraft in and then there'll probably be some kind of interview to make sure that you understand the gospel. Uh, they usually want to make sure you're baptized in the way that that particular church wants you to be baptized. And then you're in. You 
know, you are a member of good standing of ABC Community Church. And but there's nothing relational about that process. Um, it is it is just a process where belonging is where you know that you belong. You know that you know in your heart of hearts that you are loved and there is a place for you. And they can't imagine themselves without you. And you can't imagine themselves without them. Yeah. You know, that, that it's a two-way street. Like even with our community here, it's, it's, we, we do want Jonathan Hall to know that he truly belongs to us. Um, and he knows in his heart he does. But then also all the other people in the group know that Jonathan belongs to us. Yeah. And, and being very intentional in that belonging process. Because I think that, that is exactly what um, Jesus is doing with his men. He's teaching them what it means to belong. And it took three years to do it. It wasn't a class. It wasn't a three-week seminar, you know, and here's your certificate hanging on the wall. It was living life together for three years to understand what it means to belong. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Louis, I know that, you know, when you were in college, you – were discipled by a man by the name of Taylor Gardner, and that kind of radically transformed your your life and ministry. The first time that Taylor, really, when he believed in you, loved you, uh, advocated for you like that, you know, that kind of ruined you for any, any other kind of yeah. ministry. And yeah. so you've been you've been a part of, of making disciples over forty years now in a relational context. But I would say about. Yeah, twenty fifteen to twenty years ago, you kind of had a shift in the way that you've made disciples. Like you've always invested in people, but but what happened fifteen or twenty years ago that really that really changed the way that you make disciples? Well, I was looking at the methods of Jesus in disciple making, and all my training in disciple making was one on one. You know, I'd meet with a a person. You know, and we'd either go through a book together or we'd meet once a week. We did, well, we didn't have Starbucks then. <laughs> Where we meet at McDonald's or uh, meet someplace and, and just um, me investing in their life. Well, then I was looking, again, you have four camera angles with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those books looking at Jesus and his relationship with the Twelve. So I was studying those, and it was obvious that Jesus was making disciples in com community. And, well, back backing up a minute, where the end was, you're a disciple by your love for one another. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, that's the mark of a disciple. We have a tendency to make it always, you know, Bible study and prayer and loves God, loves. It doesn't say that. What he says, if you're my disciple, it's your love for one another that will be the mark of that. And so. So starting there and then backing up and I'm going, okay, I, I had, you know, a few guys I was discipling at that time, but they didn't necessarily know one another. And so I decided to pull them all together and I don't want to say it was a disaster, but it, I knew I had a problem on my hands because I realized how they didn't get along with it or they threatened one another or they would be really awkward with one another in the group. And so that showed me, okay, because one-on-one, they can pull the wool over my eyes. They can fool me. In a group, whoever they really are is going to come out, either the lack of relational skills they have mm -hmm. or the fact that they're a manipulator 
or the fact that they, you know, are contentious. And so it's in that group then that you can start working on building, you know, the love for one another, which will get you to belonging, mm -hmm. you know, but it's going to, it's hard work, you know, it's intentional work. And because it is, the objective is love. That's the end objective. Uh, Louis, you write in chapter four, you say part of the discipling process is helping your disciple understand that he belongs to God as a son or daughter and to the rest of God's family as a brother or sister. When Jesus called his men to follow him, he was also calling them to belong to one another. Jesus formed a community because it flowed out of his nature to do so. He was one with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. And because he knew that his he knew that for his disciples to live as God intended, they must form strong bonds of love. Do you agree with yourself 10 years <laughs> later? Should I like probably believe it more yeah. now than I did then. You know? Yeah. I'm convinced yeah. of it. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, and, and what do you do in order to, build the bond of love and let's begin as a disciple or and then and teaching your disciples if okay here's paul hunter in our group okay if he is a child of god he is the delight of the heavenly father he is the apple of the father's eye yeah. how dare i treat him any less i treat paul any less than that you know here here is bridget ferguson she is the delight of the heavenly father and how dare not only me but any of the rest of us treat her any less than that because you know as a parent um there's two things that happens one it's easy to get offended when your kid gets neglected but then also when other people love your kids and to invest in your kids it, something wells up within you mm -hmm. and so i think my responsibility i want to please god by delighting in paul hunter as god delights the father delights in paul hunter to delight in bridget as the heavenly father delights in bridget mm -hmm. and how dare we do anything less and then teaching the other disciples okay you need to john you need to love peter peter and that matthew you 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 must peter you know must know that matthew is his delight yeah, and I think, you know, so Andy Crouch, author Andy Crouch, I appreciate his, he talks about belonging as the intersection between being known and being loved. Like there has to be both elements there to be, because to be, to be known, but not loved, that's rejection, right? To be known, but not loved is to be rejected. To be not known and not loved is to be ignored and rejected. To be uh, not known but loved, that's just fitting in, right? People don't know me, but I, I'm loved just because I look the right way, listen to the right things, do the right stuff. But to be loved and to be known is what it means to belong. And where but the family should we most significantly feel that like the the safest place on earth should be our family who knows us deeply and in spite of knowing us loves us perseveringly 
So I think we, we understand that conceptually. What do you say to the person, Louis, whose family experience has not been one of love, not been one of belonging, not one of them being known? How does that affect who they are and how does that affect how they make disciples? Well, um, the, you know, the, the, heaven, the Heavenly Father is the perfect Father and, mm-hmm. and His delight um, in you and, and, and really seeking uh, to be willing to be belong. You're going to have to be vulnerable to belong. You know, you're going you're gonna to have to be able to um, <clears throat> be willing to be hurt and disappointed but to, to not give up, um, you know, and, and again, it's always beginning with the father heart of God and Jesus and what God has shown us who he is when he came on earth with the disciples, that, that is our template. It's not what I grew up in the home I grew up in. You know, it is that the template is, uh, is God himself. And, um, that the father longs to be in communicate uh, communication with you and in love with you and vice versa and and so any effort you put towards him he's going to run towards you like we see with the prodigal son mm-hmm. um and that um i i think you know just going back to the essence of what the gospel is um, let me back up because we are up against what we're up against is a culture that is screaming at us to live your own for yourself, to be your own person, to be a rugged individual, you know, you know, that you can be guy even saw this thing on, on this guy in Alaska, you know, living alone in the wilderness. And we kind of go, wow, look at that guy. That's something else. And we'll, no, that's all contrary to what the nature of God is and the nature of love is. And even in our homes, I think even in our Christian homes, we're sending a double message to our kids. We're on the one hand, it's all we love you and you belong to the Clark family. But on the other hand, we're preparing you to be a rugged individualist and push you out of the nest when we're 18 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, so we get this double messaging, even from our mom and dad in, in this culture. And the, the true essence of God, the true essence of love is that you are to belong there is to whom do you belong um so yeah that's i don't know if i answered your question but that's no you probably didn't but it's great whatever (laughs) um i I know this this idea of making disciples in community uh, jumped out at you in the scriptures and you began Mm -hmm. to put it into practice and was transformative in the way that you grew and developed disciples um because i i've heard you speak about just considering the difference between knowing you belong versus the despair of when you know that you don't. And I, I, I think this was, I remember when you were diagnosed with cancer, what was it? 12, 13 years ago by now. And you had a pretty profound experience to understand your belonging. Would you, would you tell us about that? Well, yeah. I I mean, I woke up from surgery and I felt like a Mack truck had hit me and you looked like it too. uh, and I look like a Mack truck hit me. I still do. But um, the um, the doctor came in to see the next morning, you know, how they do their rounds. And uh, he was with his assistant and whatever they call the sidekick. And uh, he, um, he came up to the bed and he goes, who are you? 
you know, and I'm kind of going, who am I? You know, you just opened me, you just, you know, cut my guts out. What do you mean? Who am I? <laughs> um, and, uh, and he turns to his assistant and he said, last night I went to the, the waiting room and I said, Clark family and all these people stood, this old man and this Asian and these black people, they all stood, this big group, young and old. And uh, it was my dad at that point. He says, yeah, we're the Clark family. We're kind of a funny family, but we're the Clark family. Well, it was just that I knew I belonged. You know, that doctor who only knows how many surgeons he's, surgeries he's done, and what did he notice? He noticed belonging. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that is our love for one another, belonging, that the world will know that you sent me, is what Jesus said. You know, by your love for one another, men will know that you're my disciples. And let me be quick here because we're getting near the end uh, because we kind of glossed over it. I want to make sure I make it real clear here. You know, I think the nuclear family, mom, dad, kids, is the best place to make disciples. It is it's familial. It's belonging. It is the essence of God in the familial sense. And so for the kids to understand the essence of God, the essence of the gospel in their own family as they experience belonging. And so as in parents being very intentional of the children understanding what it means to belong. And that probably would be a whole other podcast yeah. we could catch next time. That's a great idea. But what, what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. In, in 30 seconds, can you, can you, can you answer that conundrum for us? Yeah, I think, I think I, I'll, I can touch on it. Um, you know, the, so my brother-in-law who's a Nigerian, he says, you know, in order for my children to connect to their children and to their grandchildren, I must connect them to their grandparents and their grandparents and their great grandparents. You know, and that's my job is for them to understand um, to whom they belong. And I think I think like with the Lord's Supper, what we're doing is with children is able for them to understand to whom we belong, the story to whom we belong, mm-hmm. the um the God to whom we belong and the people to whom we belong, the family of God, and just being very intentional with the children of understanding, you know, to whom they belong. For the Jewish folks, they do it every week with uh, Sabbath and the Sabbath meal. And then with Passover and with the Sukkot, they do, you know, and what's it all about? Kids, this is to whom we belong. So that's my yeah. short answer. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. We can we can uh, open that can of worms farther and wider another time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the, so Louis, let's let's wrap it up for those who don't have nine ninety nine to purchase your book. Um, the big picture for chapter four. What what is this all about? What is this all about? What is belonging all about? Yeah. What is? Yeah. Yeah. I think that once again is that it is disciples are made in community in family in you 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 the discipling process is taking these men and women and engrafting them into the family of god but to know what it belongs um and to to move them towards their love for one another um, so that they in turn can create in their own nuclear family mm-hmm. a place of belonging and love for one another and then also with their disciples of engrafting them into a place you know of belonging to one another beautiful so beautiful yeah
All right, Louis, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I love you so much. So thankful for you. And thank you all for listening to today's podcast on the ideal environment for making disciples in community. Um, you can head over to iconministries.org to connect with us or to access other articles or videos on making disciples. We are a faith-based ministry and we rely on the gifts of God's people. So if you would like to give uh, towards the support of this ministry, you can click on the donate button at our website, iconministries.org. See you next time.